And welcome back to another episode of Do the Woo. I'm half of the woo recipe of the show, Brad Williams. I'm joined by my the other half of the woo pie, if you will, Bob WP. Bob, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing good. I, I like that woo pie. That's Have a, you ever, that's a, that's a new one. Pie. Yeah, this is this is good. I'm 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 all for this one. So now we know we know the direction of this whole show pie. Yep. We're yep. just going to start at the bottom and it can yeah. only get better. Um, so speaking of getting better, we brought on a great guest today. Uh, Mr. Scott Deluzio joins us. Welcome to the show, Scott. Hey, thanks for having me. And for uh, all of our listeners, why don't you give us just a quick uh, background on yourself, what you do, and how it relates to WooCommerce. Yeah. So um, like you said, my name is Scott Deluzio. Um, I own a company called Amplify Plugins. Um, and the focus of the company is uh, building plugins and supporting plugins for uh, WooCommerce, EDD, uh, and basically e-commerce focused uh, products. So that's that's uh, kind of what I do with WooCommerce and you know, kind of how I'm involved with all that. Very cool. So how, um, just kind of digging in there, how did you end up in the e-commerce, you know, niche space of WordPress. It's, there's a lot of products out there, a lot of premium products. Most people kind of uh, lean towards the the broader audience of just a product or a plugin that would work with just WordPress in general, but you're focusing specifically on e-commerce products. Yeah. So, um, I actually got started in e-commerce, uh, in, in general back in, uh, I want to say around 2011. Um, I ran an e-commerce store that sold, uh, travel products like, uh, travel size toiletries and things like that. Um, so it was a very, uh, niche, uh, type of, of site. Um, and the company started right around the same time that WooCommerce was first released. So I actually used a different e-commerce platform, uh, called OpenCart at that, that point. Yeah. Um, so I didn't even use Wor- WordPress for my shop, but I did use it for the company blog. So I, I did have uh, WordPress running there. Um, so, so yeah, I've, I've been doing that for uh, quite a while. Um, uh, also around that time, I started running a charity golf tournament uh, where we collected the registrations online using the, <laughs> it was just PayPal buy now buttons, you know, the little buttons that you get from PayPal. Mm-hmm. And it was a nightmare um, because when we did it that way, we had no idea who really was registering. We, like if, if one person bought four tickets to the golf tournament, we didn't know who all four of those people were. We knew that one person, but we didn't know all four. So it was kind of a pain to, to go back and forth with the, the person to try to figure out who they're paying for and all that stuff. So it was, it was a nightmare. Um, and then the next year or maybe the year after, uh, I had finally heard of WooCommerce and started using that to collect the registrations because um, we were selling other things too, like uh, T-shirts and that, that type of stuff uh, on, on the website. Um, and that's how I built uh, one of my first plugins, That one of my first commercial plugins anyways, um, which is conditional checkout fields. Um, since I needed to collect the names of the golfers who were registering, um, I set it up so that it would uh, put a field on the checkout page only if they're buying the golf registration uh, products. Um, and so it would it would put a thing like fill in the names of, of the golfers that you're paying for. Um, and I didn't make that a commercial product right away. It was just more like for my own purposes. But um, that was sort of my my stepping stone into get using WooCommerce and how I started doing what I'm doing today. Very cool. I think that's a common story we hear, right, Bob, where someone mm-hmm. uh, builds a product out of necessity for themselves or you know for a client or something, um, and realize they have a good idea and it's a good product. And what they built, other people could probably benefit from. And 
you know, kind of snowballs into one product and then, and then multiple products from there. And the next thing you know, you're a product company, um, which I think is really cool, you know, and I think it's a really, it's a, it's kind of a win-win path to getting a, something out there to sell, right? Because you're doing it because you needed it. You had a, a, a necessity to build it for your own purposes. Um, and then why not take it the extra step of getting it ready for release? And I understand that, that when I say extra step, I'm not trying to minimalize because a product you build for yourself versus one you release and sell, um, there's a pretty big gap and difference between those two. Um, but right you know you got the functionality there right so now it's just kind of packaging up and get it ready to sell to the masses so so it sounds like that's you got your first step you got your product you're like hey this is a good idea let me start selling this and then you it must have worked because now you have multiple products yeah so that was uh that was a good uh kind of entry into the the market and um uh, you know figuring out how, how to sell things uh you know like the these types of uh woocommerce products um and and to be honest, when when I first started selling it, it was um, it, it wasn't really my core focus at the time because I was building websites for clients uh, at the time, and um, I was I was doing f- well with that, and and I didn't really need it in terms of income, uh, you know, as uh, to sell those those plugins. It was just one of those things where I, I figured, you know, if I have it, I might as well see if you know some people might might be interested in, in purchasing it. And it turns out they were. Um, and so, um, as, as time went on, I, it started doing better and better just kind of organically on its own without too much marketing effort, uh, on my part. And so I decided, you know, this is something that I, I actually enjoy doing more than building the, the client websites. So, so I, I'm going to focus more on that. And, um, and so I, I introduced new products and um, I've acquired other products from other developers along the way and uh, just kind of grew the company that way. I, one of the things I'm interested in, and I know we had this conversation, I think it was back at WordCamp US the end of last year, is I know now you are wanting to focus more on the e-commerce products and you've had some other plugins as well. Mm-hmm. kind of in your arsenal over the, you know, however long. What made that decision happen? I mean, is it, you know, the obvious like, hey, you know, this is this is where things are going. But was, was is there some point along the way that it really clicked that you said, okay, this is where I got to really narrow things down is more in that e-commerce space? Yeah, it's it's, it's a couple of things, really. It when When I look at the company and – or, you know, any company really. And, and if you have a bunch of products that are disconnected from each other, they're not, they're not related. And you, you focus your energy on getting customers to buy this one product, you know, product A or whatever, and they are not the same, you know, target market for product B, C, D, E, and F. It's hard to sell them on those products if they're not the target market for it. So, um, my, my thought and my thought process with kind of refocusing the company is, you know, I'm, I'm having customers who are interested in WooCommerce products to improve their store, to solve a problem on their store. Um, and let me, why am I going to fight, fight it and sell them something that, or, you know, try to upsell them on something that is not related at all to their WooCommerce store. Um, it's, it seems like a, uh, difficult battle to be fighting. It's not an impossible one, but, um, you know, it, the, the other plugins that I had were, um, were not quite as, um, 
focused on on e-commerce, and so I, I wanted to, to shift my attention uh, and, and give the e-commerce side more focus um, than than I was to to the other products. Um, I, I had um, a few products that were not e-commerce uh, related. One uh, I I sold to another company over the summer, um, and I have two others that I, I still have um, that I'm actually in the process of uh, you know trying to negotiate and, and see if we can uh, move those to other uh, new owners uh, right now so that the company can be 100% focused on e-commerce related uh, you know products and, and things like that yeah I I, uh, I was I'm over here checking out your quick checkout plug-in and um, you know with which I think is an interesting topic because the goal of the plugin is to make it quick to, for someone to buy something right one page checkout. Um, whether it's a light box or a single checkout page. I'm curious what, I mean, clearly you, I would imagine you are a fan of the one page checkout. That's why you have a product around it. I've, I, I remember working at an e-commerce store um, when I was a director of IT years ago and we had like a, you know, four or five page checkout. And then all of the articles and trends were like, get condense it. Like every step you're going to lose people. And as we started looking at the data, that was absolutely true. Every, page of the checkout process um you know that we could see the drop rate of who didn't finish uh, and that was you know we're talking like you know 15 years ago um i'm curious about your thoughts or you know or any data behind it is that still true is it still are people still more likely to buy um you know on a one page checkout process versus a two or three page yeah i mean it, just take a look at if, if you want to kind of see what some of the trends are, look at what Amazon's doing, right? Um, how, how they have on their site, um, they have, you know, the, uh, you know, add to cart button. And then right below it, it's the buy now button. And it pops up a thing, uh, you know, a light box. And you basically just confirm your shipping address and you click buy now and, and the order is complete for you. Um, and that's essentially what this does just kind of in, uh, in WooCommerce, uh, so that you can have that that sort of functionality on your site, um, where you know someone's logged into to your your website, all of their shipping information, all their billing information, uh, you know, if, if assuming that you have it uh, kind of stored on, on the the site, is all going to be pre filled into the checkout page, and so it makes it so much easier for them to to check out. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you take take it and reduce the amount of time that it takes for someone to actually check out. Um, it's, it's only going to increase conversions, uh, you know, for, for your site, because, you know, someone might be sitting on the checkout page, starting to fill out the, the billing and shipping information. And then, uh, you know, their, their kids are calling from the other room and, and they have to go and figure out what's going on with that. And then they forgot to check out and there you go. You lost a sale. Whereas if it's nice and easy and it's a site that people buy from, uh, really frequently, they can just go, they're already logged into their account, uh, add the stuff to their cart buy now. And, um, and, and they're done and, and it, it speeds things along. So yeah, it definitely, uh, increases conversions makes things a lot easier for the customer. Um, which in turn, uh, you know, increases, mm-hmm. um, the conversions for for the the store owner yeah i definitely like it i mean um especially in a mobile first kind of world i think Mm -hmm. one understanding what you're up against when you're trying to buy something in terms of the information they're requesting like there's obvious stuff like address shipping address billing address payment info but is there going to be more and sometimes you don't even know until you get on page three and it's like oh i don't have this stuff ready Um, right you know depending on what you're buying or whatever but um i think 
you know, yeah, I, I just think it's easier and it's, it's less intimidating. It's all right there. This is what you need. And at the very bottom is a buy ready to go. Right. So you can, uh, get through it very quickly. Bob, are you, uh, you have a strong opinions, thoughts about one page versus multi-page checkout? You know, I've written about a few of these mm-hmm. and I probably should include Scott's. I'm sure I've written about his as well. Yeah. I, when I'm going through them, I always, you know, it, it's really interesting to see how each one kind of plays into it and how they let you, you know, some of them get quite elaborate with their, pages they have a one page checkout but it's like you can add like a lot of stuff to it and you know I, I which is you know again it's going to depend on the experience of what you're selling and everything but yeah i i mean personally i love it when i'm somewhere i you know sometimes i'm if i'm at a a site i'm familiar with i always feel like i'm a little more comfortable with one a quick checkout if i'm not there it's like whoa you know well, you're taking my money too fast. I don't know you. So uh, it's it, that's kind of an odd thing to think about. And that's probably my own problem. But <laughs> Do you know this website? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Give me the one pager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The choice. <laughs> but I think overall, I do. I mean, that's always the, and some of the checkouts, it's like, my God, you know, is there an end to this? Right. And sometimes when, when you're, when you're checking out and you have, uh, all these long pages and you click next and next, next, and you're on the third page already, then you start to think, do I really need this thing? Mm -hmm. Do I really need to buy this? And, you know, um, not that we're trying to, you know, promote overspending and, you know, uh, you know, anything like that, but it's, it's not going to help your conversions if, if you give your customer way too much time to think about it. You know, if, if you, if you have a long, think about a traditional brick and mortar store and you have a long line that's going out the door and the people are all standing there waiting to check out. If, if it takes them a half hour to check out, well, they're probably going to put the stuff down and walk out because it's just taking too long is I don't really need it that bad. You know? Yeah. It, I think the overall experience is, yeah, is much better. And I'm curious with your other checkout plugin, the conditional checkout fields, which mm-hmm. obviously uses conditional logic, which I'm a huge fan of. I, I always love um, writing about uh, plugins that use that. I'm guessing with your clients, do a lot of them go use both of them? I mean, they really kind of go hand in hand depending on your needs, of course. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, they, they do sort of go hand in hand. And I, I feel like one of them makes the checkout process a little bit longer and the other one makes it quicker. So it's, um, they're, they're kind of the yin and yang, uh, if you will, <laughs> to, to the, uh, the checkout experience, but the, um, the conditional checkout fields makes it easier for, um, not only the, the customer, but also the store owner to collect the information that, that they need in order to fulfill the order. Um, you know, going back to the golf tournament example, um, when I wasn't getting that information with each, uh, each registration, I had to go and do a follow-up with them and, you know, send them an email and wait for their response to figure out who they're, they're paying for. And it, it just took that much more time. And then it's an extra step that they have to do later. And they don't necessarily want to have to think about that later. It's like, I, I want to click register and be done and just uh, not have to think about it anymore. Um, but we have people who use this for uh, 
things like summer camps. Um, and, uh, they'll, they'll collect information about, you know, allergies that the, the kids might have who are going to the, the camps and other, uh, information that they might need, um, you know, emergency contact information and, and that type of stuff. You don't want to have to go and follow up with 500 people who just signed up for your summer camp to try to figure all that stuff out. So, um, so it does make things easier, even though it, it adds a couple of questions, maybe to the, the checkout page, it does make things easier in the long run. Um, by, by putting it all in one place, they, they fill out all the information, they click submit and, you know, submit their order, um, to, to pay for it and it, and it's done. Um, couple that with a quick checkout and it just makes it that much easier, um, by, by putting everything on, uh, the one checkout page and, and you don't have to, uh, you know, mess around with, um, you know, any of the follow-ups or anything like that. One of the things I wanted to also touch on, this kind of steps away a little bit from these specific products, is that you've, you mentioned when you were giving your intro that you are selling a couple plugins now. And I know that we, I've had you on my podcast, the other podcast, talking about the process of when you purchased a plugin. Mm -hmm. So you've been on both sides now. So you've bought them and you're selling them. Right. And maybe this, there's an obvious answer to this. Like everybody goes, yeah, duh. But which one have you found the most challenge with uh, selling or buying? Um, well, selling, I think, uh, was probably the most challenging um, in that I had a number of accounts, you know, uh, be it the, the payment processing uh, accounts, the analytics account, the um, social media accounts and all that stuff that you don't really think about. You have them, they're sitting there and you, you just, you don't think about them. And um, then when I now have to transfer some of that information over to a new owner, um, I have to go and collect all that information, figure out where it all is. Um, but then it's also, it's not just that, it's it's the actual process of figuring out how to transfer some of these accounts to the, uh, the owner, the new owner of, of the product. Um, and some of them, uh, as I was going through the process, I didn't realize it at the time, but they don't allow you to transfer ownership of, of them. Um, you know, so, uh, PayPal, for example, um, I was using for, uh, payments on, on the website and they don't allow you to change the owner of the account. Um, like, like if you were to change, you know, if Bob was selling or buying something from me, I can't go and just put Bob's name in the account. It doesn't allow me to do that. Um, and, and so that, that was a big hurdle and it just took way more time than I thought it was going to take. Um, the other plugins that I bought from the other companies, they didn't have recurring transactions, uh, recurring revenue, um, set up on their end. So I was able to just set up my own, uh, uh, PayPal or Stripe accounts or, or whatever. And I didn't really have to worry about any of that, that stuff. Um, so it was kind of a, for, for me anyways, it was a kind of a clean break and I was able to just kind of set things up and, and start running from there. Um, whereas when I sold the plugin, it, it just took a little bit more effort than I thought it was going to take. Um, but, but I'm aware of, of the logistical issues now. And so, you know, going forward, I'm able to uh, kind of mitigate some of that stuff and, and go through the right steps in order to, uh, you know, transfer all of those assets and everything. Yeah. It's probably good advice for anyone getting into products is, you know, even on day one, track that stuff, right? Even if you have no intention of yep. ever selling or doing anything with it, you know, track what accounts you've created for what products and where, you know, keep, 
you know, whatever, a, a note or even a simple tech stock that just outlines that stuff, just so you have a list of these are the five different services I'm using for this one product that I built. Um, yeah. here's, or maybe it's social media accounts. Maybe it's, uh, you know, a Gmail account domains, all that stuff, you know, cause it's something you, like you said, most people don't think about, most people probably don't think about ever selling when they first start building a product or plug-in, um, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean it won't happen. So, you know. yeah. And, and the other important thing too, is if you have multiple products that you're selling on your site, um, you know, for example, if you had a, your personal website, your, you know, your bradwilliams.com or, you know, scottdeluzio.com or whatever, and you're selling your plugins on, on those sites or, or themes or any products, really, um, all of the customer information, all the payment information, it all gets lumped into one, uh, bulk massive information and it makes it harder to separate those things out it's not impossible um but it's harder to to make a clean break and transfer all of the uh the products uh to or or just one of the products to somebody else um, and separate that from all of the rest of your products um you know especially if you're using the the same payment processor you're not able to transfer uh your stripe account for example, uh, to, to somebody else, because you're also collecting payments for all your other products. Um, so that's, that's a, a little bit of a tricky situation. If you've already got it set up that way, where you're, you're selling multiple products on the same site. Um, not, it's not necessarily a problem if you ever intend on selling them and you're selling them as a package deal. But, um, but I would definitely suggest having a separate site, uh, set up for, uh, for all of your products and not use a personal, uh, site, you know, a, a scottdeluzio.com to sell those, um, or, you know, whatever your name is.com. Um, because it's going to be a heck of a lot harder to sell that website and to somebody else. If you're ever trying to exit out of that, um, out of selling those, those products. Um, whereas if you have a, you know, more descriptive domain, a, you know, uh, whatever your product name is.com or, or something like that. It'd be a heck of a lot easier to sell that, uh, to somebody else. And so I think that kind of highlights some of the strategy behind why most of your products have their own domain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, uh, you know, forward looking, um, not that I'm planning on, on exiting any of of them. And I wasn't planning on it when I first started, but it does make it easier going forward to, um, you know, even if I, I wanted to, um, you know, I, I released a plugin and let's just say it's not getting any traction and, you know, it, I was way off on, on the target market and everything like that. And I decide, you know what, it's not worth any more time or effort to, to, to do that. I could just take the site down and it, it's as if it was never there and it, it doesn't, doesn't hurt anything really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, but by having everything on their own separate site, it gives you options, uh, a lot more options than you have if everything's lumped into one. That's what you need, Bob, more websites. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking this gives me the perfect, um, excuse now when somebody says, why don't you have products on your site, bobwp.com? I'm going to say, cause Scott told me I shouldn't. <laughs> and that's just what I'm going to say anymore because I've always had to go do this with everybody. And uh, I mean, this gives me a headache just thinking about this. It's enough with my side as it is, but um, yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense. And and I've I've often thought of. I mean, there there has been a few times I thought of products because everybody's always telling me to have a product, and 
I thought, well, okay, I'll create this site. And then I'm thinking, okay, I have to create another site. I have to start traffic there. Then, then I look at my site and I think, you know, it's a, it's a Bob product and, you know, it's not that anybody would ever want to, you know, buy it from me. I mean, that, you know, as a product for them to sell, but, but anyway, I, yeah, I, I, I like that. I'm glad you said that because now I feel confident that I don't need a product. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had you had talked about it back at WordCamp US. You had talked about uh, the potential of. Uh, oh, you know, uh, I was hoping nobody remembered that because I brought that up. <laughs> I, I did another podcast where I said, yeah, by the end of the year, I have a product. I'll have a product to sell. Yeah. And uh Needless to say, those two products that I was thinking about dissolved in a um, a mannerly fashion throughout December, and I thought I, w- I actually had to. Yeah, I was going to. I was just going to say, heck with it. I'll just sell the Bob WP Gutenberg blocks, and I was going to buy a bunch of wooden actual physical blocks. <laughs> and write the name of the blocks on them and just put them on my site and sell them. Here's a product block. Right, here's a the image gallery and have a bunch of um, you know photos stuck to the wooden block glued on the side and everything and just sell those and say, hey, everybody, that's it. I've done I've done blocks, the Bob WP blocks, but those didn't transpire either. Bob blocks. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I got the marketing covered. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs some Bob blocks. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a really a, quite a lineup of them, and an idea for a lot of them how I could um, sell them and do some nice photo shoots of the product and everything. But, but you know, you never know; it may still happen. You know, it's it's. But I'm not putting. I'm not giving any more dates about products. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, I think let's go ahead and pop into a couple items as far as news and there's really nothing i'm gonna go to the woocommerce 3.9 release i would say it's going to be out by the time the show airs but i said that two or three weeks ago and uh, everybody's sitting (laughs) there waiting for bob to actually make a correct prediction so it could be it could not so well let's just kind of leave that at that, and we'll even talk about it more. But the other thing is, and this is not WooCommerce related, but it, I like to peruse around and find things. Uh, Google's at it again. And I don't know if either of you had a chance to look at this mm-hmm. article, but uh, it, they've specifically designed uh, a Google search to display clothing-related queries. I'll put the link in. Essentially, it's... Uh, yeah, they're going to pull in, the shopper can put in, you know, whatever kind of clothing they want, leather belts or something, and then it's going to pull in a bunch from several different uh, places you can buy it, and you can just kind of scroll through and choose. Now, you know, probably some people, I mean, consumers are probably saying, yay, this sounds so easy. Now, I don't know what from the other side, I mean, Brad, from an agency side, you know, and with clients that may sell clothing or not sell clothing. What are your initial thoughts looking at this? Um, I mean, it's cool. I, you know, I'm not seeing it on my side yet, so I can only look at their examples, but when I search the different things, they examples, I'm not getting these results. So it's a little bit hard to say without, they have a few screenshots, but I can't see 
kind of where in the results of a Google page it sits, you know, is it sitting at the top position? Is it mid mid page? Is it towards, towards the bottom? I think that's pretty important. I mean, clearly like any retailer is going to want to be a part of this. So anyone that's currently in it is probably going to have a leg up um, than others, but you know, I, it, it, it looks like it's, you know, it looks cool. I'm just curious where it lands. Like, yeah. And, and did you try it on your mobile? I'm wondering if it's, they didn't say it's mobile only, but um, I was just wondering if it I did might, not. I'll try that right know, now. I'm, I'm wondering if that's uh, the case because that's where they're, looks like they're showing their example. But I will put the um, link in there. Any thoughts on that, Scott? Yeah. I, so I, I think they said, well, it, you know, in the, the article, it, it does look like it's a mobile thing because everything, all the screenshots that they have are all you know, in, in a mobile thing. So I don't know if maybe that's, that's the issue. Um, but, um, they did say that any store, uh, as I was reading more about this, any store that has their, their stuff set up with the structured data, they, they should be included in these search results. So that is, uh, you know, a, a good thing, I think, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the barrier to entry, it's not like a application process that you need to, to get into this, um, you know, to have your, products showing up in these search results. Um, but the one thing that I found interesting is how much that they insisted that being included in the search results is free. Um, you know, so on several Google pages, I found something that said like, uh, just as we don't charge, uh, sites to be part of the Google search, uh, index participating retailers appear in this new feature for free. Um, but, on the the flip side to that is just like the Google search index, the the normal uh, search pages. Um, eventually, there's a bunch of ads that show up ab- ab- above all of the organic listings. Um, so I'm curious to see how long it'll be before uh, the ads start showing up, um, you know, above the the organic results uh, in this uh, uh, clothing related searches. Um, mm-hmm. I see this, this whole, you know, making it easy to search for products as a, as a good thing, you know, kind of in general, but, um, I'm also somewhat skeptical for how long the, the top organic results will actually remain at the top of the page. Yeah. It looks like it is actually mobile only right now. They do, uh, quickly mention it in one spot. Um, and I pulled it up on my phone and I definitely am seeing results now. It's about halfway down the page. Okay. I'm just searching running shoes. And then you can expand it to show more. You can filter by, you know, men's, women's or different styles um, or different brands, it looks like. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool feature. I mean, it basically brings the whole Google product search out into the primary results and enhances it a bit. So I would say if you have products, you should uh, uh, be testing this. Make sure you're showing up. And if not, do some research on why, because yeah. first page Google, it's always going to produce some good results. And it makes sense. It's on mobile. I mean, the 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 way it works, it just that's it. You want to be able to flip through and scroll through and find something quick. So so totally makes sense. Well, yeah, there isn't really any other. I didn't find any other outstanding news. We'll again um, wait on bated breath for three point nine. Before we close out here. Scott, where can people find you on the web and your, you know, the URL to the, your plugin sites and all that good stuff? Yeah. So my personal site, uh, I 
dropped it a couple times uh, earlier. It's uh, scottdeluzio.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at scottdeluzio. Um, and my company site where you can find all uh, links to all the products and, and different uh, things that I sell uh, is at amplifyplugins.com. Cool. And Brad, where people can find you and how, how's that book doing? That, um, that, that new version of the book. The first draft is done. Professional WordPress plugin development, second edition. So if you want to maybe create some premium plugins like Scott or, uh, up your plugin development game, this is definitely the book for you. It's the, the last version, the first, first and only version came out nine years ago, if you can believe it. So, uh, it's a pretty much an entirely new book. <laughs> yeah, a lot has changed. Everything's changed. Um, <laughs> so the first draft is done, which is exciting. So now we're going through the editorial process um, and we're uh, finalizing the cover and all that fun stuff. So now we're getting to the good stuff. So it'll be out later this year, but very excited about it. And you can follow me on Twitter, Williams BA, where I've been tweeting about it um, with some pre-sale links and more information about the book if you're interested. Cool. And I'm at Bob WP on Twitter. Uh, of course, you can always subscribe to this podcast. You can uh, do that on your favorite pod app. You can go in and uh, subscribe to our Woo News, which goes out every Saturday morning with a whole bunch of links to a whole bunch of great content throughout the web. And if you want to support us, you can become a friend of Do The Woo. And that's it. So till next week, thanks everyone for listening in. Thanks, Scott, for joining us. And Brad, always a pleasure. See you. Thanks for having me.